The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. You're listening to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Thank you for tuning in for this Unity Partner Program. Unity Online Radio partners with spiritual leaders from organizations whose mission and messages complement Unity's. We are pleased to bring you this program on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome to Truth Transforms with your host, Rev. Galen McDowell, Senior Assistant Minister at Christ Universal Temple in Chicago, Illinois. This is the program for spiritually enlightening discussion, interviews, and the practical application of new thought principles to transform your life. Now, here's your host, Rev. Galen McDowell. Welcome to Truth Transforms. I'm your host, Galen McDowell. And I'm the Senior Assistant Minister at Christ Universal Temple, where the Reverend Derek B. Wells is the Senior Minister, and the Reverend Dr. Johnny Coleman is the Founder. If you're ever in the Chicagoland area, please stop by. You can go to our website, www.cutemple.org. That's www.cutemple.org to get our information, to find out where we're at, to find out more information about our services, and also to watch um, some of the services that we have on our multimedia page. You can actually enjoy a wonderful lesson by Reverend Wells or whoever was a platform minister the previous week and hear some great music from our choir, the Temple Ensemble, and, and really get a feel for what Christ Universal Temple is all about. So we encourage you to stop by and check it out. We're in the midst of a series titled What Are You? And it is based on the book What Are You? by Melda Shanklin. She was an old unity minister and writer, and this book is so fundamentally sound. It is a beautiful, great book of metaphysical truth. And today we're going to work with the chapter, Your Resource. Now, I did ask everyone who is following along with this series to actually get the book, What Are You? You can Google what are you PDF and it'll come up as a free PDF. Somebody put it on the web, put it on their website. I think it's a, it might even be a public domain book at this point. There are also soft and hard covers out there floating around on the internet, amazon.com, use bookstores, etc. You can stop at your local, you know, maybe new thought spiritual center. If there's one in your area, maybe they might have one, especially if it's a unity church or universal foundation for better living church because we use this book as a textbook now 
this chapter, your resources about the idea called substance. And you'll hear this term a lot, substance, substance. And throughout this chapter, she talks about the qualities of substance, how it works, etc. But before we actually get into the chapter, I want to do a little bit of work with the concept of substance to make sure that everybody is on the same page. If you have a revealing word or later on, if you're listening to this show via podcast through iTunes or Stitcher, if you you can also, I'm sure, find a revealing word online somewhere. If not, I would suggest make sure that you have your own version personally. But anyway, on page 186 and 187, there's a definition of substance, and I want to read it to you. It states that substance is the divine idea of the underlying reality of all things. I'm going to stop right there. The divine idea of the underlying reality of all things. In other words, it stands under. It's the idea that stands under the reality of everything, visible or invisible. We say in the Universal Foundation for Better Living that Substance is the idea in divine mind of perfect form. It is no form. It is no thing. So it can be anything and all things needed. It is the potential. It is the possibility. Not a thing in and of itself. The definition goes on to say substance is everywhere present, pervades all things and aspires to action. It underlies all manifestation and is the spiritual essence, the living energy out of which everything is made. Now, what's interesting about this definition is he's explaining things that many that people use to explain things like quantum physics or quantum theory. Now, that which stands under the possibility, the the essence, the living energy, etc., or the God particle. He goes on to say, Charles Fillmore, uh, in The Revealing Word, through substance, all the attributes of being are expressed, meaning the life, the love, the wisdom, the power. It sustains and enriches any idea that is projected into it. So the, so the, I, the concept of substance is sort of like soil. When you put the idea in it, it expands it, it grows it, it forms it, shapes it into a definite thing. It goes on to say divine substance is man's supply. Out of it, he forms whatever he will according to his faith and understanding. I'm going to read that again. Out of it, he forms whatever he will according to his faith, the perceiving power of the mind linked with the power to shape substance and understanding your power of knowing. So how do you work with that? How do you develop the faith and understanding? He tells us in the next sentence, he says, by entering into the silence which is a deeper form of meditation at the place where your contemplation takes you spiritually, acknowledging the divine substance, affirming his faith in and one is with it. Man becomes conscious of substance. All right. So those are some of the steps. If you're looking at, okay, how do I get a grasp of this concept called substance? You have to do your inner work. You have to do your inner spiritual work first. Now I'm not finished with definitions. I have another definition. This is from the book Lessons in Truth by H. Emily Cady, and it is found on page, excuse me, 20. And this is a really good definition because it's quick and simple. She writes that God then is the substance from sub, under, and star rate to stand, 
or the real thing standing under every visible form of life, love, intelligence, or power. Again, the attributes of being. Each rock, tree, animal, every visible thing is a manifestation of the one spirit, God, differing only in degree of manifestation. And each of the numberless modes of manifestations or individualities, however insignificant, contains the whole. So I want to make sure that we grasp this before we actually get into the book, What Are You? Working with the concept of substance. I have another definition. This is from the book Spiritual Economics by Eric Butterworth. And this is found on pages five and six. He writes, in the universal realm in which you live and have being, the whole of God is present at every point in space at the same time. This is a fantastic concept. Read those words again. The whole of God is present at every point in space at the same time time that lands the whole of God is present at every point in space at the same time so all of the presence of God all of the substance of God all of the love of God all of the power of God all of the life of God all of the wisdom of God is present at every point in space at the same time not part of it all of it He goes on to say, on page six, he says, be sure to catch the implication of this great truth as it concerns God as substance. The whole of God's substance is present in its entirety at every point in space at the same time. Not just some of it, but all the substance in the universe is present at any point of human need. Someone has said there is no spot where God is not. There is no place on earth where there is an absence of substance. Again, really drilling down on what it means to work with this concept called substance. And we're going to get to the book, What Are You? But but what's more important is you read the book. You allow the inner teacher within you to draw out what you need. What I want to do is make sure you get the concept. So as you read this chapter, as I pull out some of the uh, highlights, some of the points in the chapter, you'll have a better grasp of it. One more definition I want to work with. This is from Foundations of Unity Series 2, Volume 3, a book that is way out of print. But there might be some out there floating somewhere. Who knows? Anyway, on page 64, it reads... Unity accepts the idea that true prosperity is grounded in the conception of universal spiritual substance. Substance is the unformed mind essence out of which every form is produced. It is also termed omnipresence because it is the essence in which we live, move, and have our being. This substance is of such rarefied nature that it is not tangible to the physical eye of manifestation. However, Through the power of thought, this mind essence can be cognized. It can then be formed by man's conscious and subconscious thinking and feeling phases of mind. And the resultant manifestations are recognized by the senses. So even though the senses can't 
detect substance once it is shaped and formed into what we would call three-dimensional reality, obviously the senses can detect it. The, the Your concept of prosperity, money, or the car, or the new home, or the whatever, might just be in possibility. It might just be in potential right now, but as, as it is shaped and formed, you will draw to you the physical equivalent of what is in your mind. Moving on, on page 64, it still reads, quoting from Charles Fillmore's Keeper True Lent. In universal God mind is a substance that includes the seed of all visible substance. It is the only real substance because it is unchangeable while visible substance is in constant transition. God as substance does not mean matter because matter is formed. God is formless. The substance that God is lies back of all matter and all form. It is that which is the basis of all form, yet enters not into any form as finality. Again, so we want to separate the concept that when we're, when we're looking at matter, meaning physical three-dimensional form, that is the byproduct, the idea the living energy, the mind essence that stands underneath all form is substance. So when Imelda Shanklin starts to talk about your resource, she's talking about this mind essence, this living energy, this divine seed of potential that stands under all things. This is key. This is really key because if you can get this concept, if we can get this concept, there would never be any lack in our lives. If we really understood that we're one with the invisible spiritual substance that is shaped and formed by our thinking. If we could really get that, we would never, ever experience any lack. I know that's a bold statement. But if you are really aware, if I am really aware, if we are really aware of what it means to live, move, and have our being in God, how could there be lack? And what we see as a temporary quote-unquote situation where it doesn't seem as though it there's enough. We know that in God, there's no such thing. And the realization of that will handle that. Now, this sounds mystical, but we need to obviously make it practical. So that's why we're going to work with the what are you chapter and really drill down in it because we want to make sure that we can work with it. On page 124 of what are you? Just to touch on this a little bit before Um, We go to our first break. She writes, to induce mental balance, you must construct a consciousness that can deal with the absolute and remain practical, that can deal with the relative and not become materialistic. Now, this is key to induce mental balance. We have to have a consciousness, an awareness of being a mind that knows that we are eternal spirit. 
functioning in a relative experience. Therefore, we don't make the things more important than the consciousness that produces them and the God that stands under all good. Or then Curtis Hopkins once wrote, you know, God is my good and my good is my God. That does not mean my dollar is my God or my car is my God or some other person is my God or some job is my God or, you know, or, or organization that you're connected to or a title that you have. The spirit of truth within you, your true nature is God. That's the difference. So what she is saying in a nutshell is don't be so heavenly that you're no earthly good. We want to be able to make sure that we can take these abstract spiritual principles and practically apply them in our lives. All right. She says later on in that chapter, mind is your equipment in full. Substance is the pliant, meaning adaptable stuff of life. Contemplation of the absolute may defer physical demands, but it will not abolish physical demands. You are a mind, but you have built a body that you must cherish. So that means even though you're a spirit, soul, body, the fact that in your original nature of spirit and the body is temporal does not mean that you're not supposed to take care of this body by resting, exercising, sleeping well, eating right. That's all a part of taking care of the body. And one of the best ways, if not the best way, to take care of your body is thinking right. Because stress and anxiety, anger, frustration, and all of these quote-unquote negative emotions, fear, they take a toll on your body. So even as you're chasing quote-unquote the goal, make sure that your thinking is, is, is happening in a way that promotes Total well-being. So you have soul health that can express as bodily health. Now, that doesn't mean you neglect the other parts of the body that I just mentioned. In other words, the sleep, the exercise, the rest, and the eating right. But it also means that if you do all those things and you're stressed out all the time, then you're working against yourself. And sooner or later, the rubber's going to hit the road. All right. So... We're getting close to our first break, so I want to remind you that you can call into this show, and if you want like to, if you would like to ask me a question, you can call in to 888-558-6489, 888-558-6489. Also, want to remind you that this show has a Facebook page, Truth Transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell. Um, you can, you know, obviously go to, if you're on Facebook, like the page. That's my request. If you want to get in contact with me, it's a quick and easy way to get in contact with me. You can inbox me. Uh, sometimes people just leave questions right on the on my home page. You know, if it's too personal, don't do that. Inbox me. But the point of it is the show is supported by the Facebook page because I put positive quotes and videos and, and audios, you know, et cetera, of, of things I think can benefit your consciousness. So, Make sure you go and like the page. With that, we're going to take our first break, and we'll be right back with Truth Transforms.
As Unity Online Radio continues to expand its programming and outreach to the world, we count on the support of listeners like you. Please make your donation today. Go to www.unity.fm and click on Donate Now. Affirm the good that flows within you and stretch to reach your divine potential with daily inspirational messages from Daily Word. The path to God is not long or difficult or complex. Wherever I am, whatever I am doing, I pause and bring awareness to the one spirit that is within me. I open my mind to the thought of one creative energy enlivening me in the world. I open my heart to the one love that is the essence of life. This love, God's love, is within us all. Spirit needs no books or rituals, wealth or architecture to reveal itself. It is as intimate as a touch and as vast as the infinity of space. I am at peace in the simple knowing that wherever I am, God is. Daily Word magazine is now available in a digital format. A one-year subscription to Daily Word Digital Magazine with audio is only $9.95. That's less than three cents a day to start your day right, centered and connected to the truth within you. To learn how you can subscribe to this online interactive magazine, go to www.dailyword.com. Just like life, grief is a journey, not a destination. Whether it is loss of life, relationship, security, or simply the process of change, have you given yourself permission to begin your journey of grief? Have you yielded to the gift of grace? Join Reverend Chaz Wesley every Thursday at 5 p.m. Central on a virtual navigation from grief to grace and explore new horizons of empowerment, significance, and support only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Thank you for tuning in to Truth Transforms. Now, here's your host, Reverend Galen McDowell. Hello. Welcome back to Truth Transforms. Before I get started, I want to remind you also that this show is, and all the shows on Unity Online Radio are supported by your donations. So as you are freely received, freely give, you can go on to Unity Online Radio website, click the donate button, and help support this online ministry. We want to make sure that this ministry continues to travel across the world in places that don't have access to um, new thought, new thought Christianity, consciousness transformation, and Christian metaphysics. So, you know, as you freely receive, freely give, if you're listening to this show via iTunes or Pod or Stitcher, you can go to Unity Online Radio and click on the donate button. Thank you. Okay, let's go to page uh, 125. She writes, The plutocrat and the beggar use two tools identical in nature, but the product of the first is opulence, while that of the second is 
punery. In other words, the wealthy and the beggar use the same tool. What tool is that? The mind. They use the same tool. But we need to be mindful that the same law that is impersonal, that produces the opulence that we talk about is the same law that will give you back your beliefs when you think other things as well. Now, God's nature is absolute good and God's will for you and all of humanity, all of creation is absolute good. However, your beliefs don't necessarily have to match up with that absolute good. And you can bring into your experiences adulterated forms of manifestation that are not consistent with God's will of absolute good. So it's really important to realize that the most important thing or entity you can train is your mind to get it in alignment with the truth about who you are in God and who God is in you. And thinking abundance, prosperity, and opulence instead of lack and limitation. This is really important. That's why I read all of those definitions of substance before I got into the chapter, because what I want you to get is there's always enough substance. There's always more than enough substance. You can't use all of the substance because substance is infinite because it is the idea and divine mind, a perfect form. It is always taking form according to the thinker as Reverend Coleman used to always tell us when she was active in ministry. I am the thinker who thinks the thought that makes the thing. I'm the thinker. I can't say anything about God when it doesn't show up the way I want it to show up. I am the thinker that thinks the thought that makes the thing. Now I can go to God within myself, my own indwelling Christ, my own indwelling spiritual nature and seek wisdom and guidance, et cetera, but I'm still the person has, who has to work it. In other words, I have to think it. And when I say I and God, I'm not talking about separate beings. I'm just talking about different aspects of our own nature, spirit and soul, interacting with each other. That's all. But language is the limitation of the human mind. So to speak, we have to have some type of subject-object duality in our conversation, but within this dualistic conversation there's only oneness all right back to the book she goes on to say substance is your resource your support it is your bodily support it is your financial support substance is the element Support is the transmutation of substance into the diversified forms that daily minister to your physical life and its comforts. Substance is the resource, but it shows up as a healthy body. It shows up as financial independence. It can show up as that. It can show up as the new job, the new car. It can show up as new wonderful experiences. It doesn't make a difference what it is. It's the same resource. Don't get fooled by the, man, by the manifestation. Don't get fooled by the channels. There's only one source. That's God. That's key. There's only one source. God. Many channels. One source. The job isn't the source. The building isn't the source. The building isn't the source. 
The spouse isn't the source. The nest egg isn't the source. God is the source. The only source. Everything else is a channel of good, not the good itself. It's just a different manifestation. It is the transmutation of substance into a definite form. All right. She goes on to say that uh, on page 26, she says, first full paragraph, second sentence, to work intelligently with substance, you must accept the fact that in all matters of supply, you deal with the element and convert it to the form that fits your need. I work with the element and form it to fit my need. So my need might not be your need. So even though it's the same substance, it will be shaped and formed to fit my need, which doesn't look like your need. That's That's why it's all potential. That's why it's all possibility. God is no thing, so God could be anything and all things necessary to my experience. All right. She goes on to say, your financial support is maintained by intimate cooperation between the life force in you and the substance element that manifests in the forms called financial resource. So as we breathe life into the idea of substance, it shows up as manifested form. When I say breathe life, I mean start to intelligently direct the energy of life, the activity of God into the substance of God. Again, this is just God on God interaction, but we're using language to try to help break it down so we can all get it. Because it's easy just to say there's only one presence and one power in the universe, God, the good, omnipotent, the everywhere present spirit of absolute good. Okay, that's the sermon. Time to take the offering. But everybody's not going to get that. But that's the whole truth. There's only one presence and one power. But when you start trying to apply that to relative living, that absolute statement to relative living, we need some breakdowns. We need some levels so we can understand. Because if we understand, we can get it. As Emmy Fox wrote many years ago, there's no such thing as undemonstrated understanding. Moving on. She goes on to say, your mind controls the life force in you. Whatever may have been your experience, you will find that to treat the elemental substance as the immediate, quickly responsive resource will prove to you that substance is your financial resource as surely as it is your physical resource. Mm. So you can control. See, that's what makes you the thinker that thinks the thought that makes the thing. Seeing yourself in the space and understanding that you are the the manager of your own mind. Your mind shouldn't take you off in different places that you don't want to go. Your mind controls the life force. Now, if your mind, if you don't have control of your mind, then that, that means that the, the innate faculties that you have are not necessarily being maximized in your experience. So you can suffer not because you don't have the ability to get out of it or to live a different type of life. We just forget who we are. We go through this spiritual amnesia. We live, you know, 
uh, unexamined lives, as the philosopher once wrote. And therefore, we get the, the byproduct of unintentional living. So moving on, page 127, she writes, financial resource will continue to be a necessity until you learn how to receive life direct from God. And in so receiving, possess the eternal base of financial resource. So she's saying again that, you know, this will always be an issue until you really understand that God is the source. Everything else is the channel. My good comes to me directly from God as potential and possibility. My good right now. All right. So she also talks about in the bottom of page 127, the four ways we shut down our flow of substance. She said, these are the four ways we shut down the flow of substance in our lives. Treating substance as if it were decreasing in volume. I'm going to read that again. Treating substance as if it were decreasing in volume. Number two, treating substance as if it were fixed of form. Number three, treating substance as if it were insufficient to demand. Four, treating substance as if it were restricted in agencies of distribution. In other words, this is the way the human world teaches us. The human world, the human mindset says there is never enough. That's what drives value up and value down. If everybody can get it, most of the time, it has low value. If it's rare, it has a higher value. Think of diamonds. Think of gold. Think of, you know, you know, things that people place high value on. Someone recently purchased the first Superman comic for millions of dollars because there's only maybe five or six in the world that are in mint condition. And to have the number one comic now, that comic in and of itself is only probably worth, um, even in modern times with the ink, the paper and, and, you know, and all that goes into making a comic book. It's probably worth a dollar. But somebody just paid, I think it was maybe somewhere around $10 million or something like that for the first Superman comic that most likely the person might read once and then put into a safe because you, because you can't allow it to deteriorate. It's worth too much money. So, so because we treat it as such, we treat all things as such. There's only so much to go around. I have to compete with you because it's not enough. So if I, you have, I don't have. And if I have, you don't have. That's the way the world trains us. And we have to get out of that insufficiency mindset. How do we do that? She gives us the keys on page 128. She writes, number one, consideration of substance that recognizes it as steady volume. Two, consideration of substance that recognizes its adaptability. Three, consideration of substance that recognizes its sufficiency in every case. Four, 
consideration of substance that recognizes unrestricted agencies of distribution. Now, let's deal with this for a moment. Consideration of substance that recognizes it at steady volume. In other words, there is nothing that can stop my flow of prosperity, my flow of good. Nothing. It's steady in volume. It can not decrease. Again, as Eric Butterworth wrote on page five of Spiritual Economics, you know, when he said the whole of God is present at every point in space at the same time. That's what it's saying. Steady in volume. Two, consideration of substance that recognizes its adaptability. In other words, it can form and shape to meet my need. So if I'm on the island with the people on on the show Survivor, you know, regular dollars might be won't work because that doesn't mean anything on that show. While you're on an island, you your prosperity might be, you know, the fish you catch or discovering something else that allows you to feed yourself or take care of the people on you on your team. You know, the substance might come in the form of an idea to be able to do something more efficiently that makes life on the island easier. For instance, she's using that as a way out because it doesn't look the same in every situation. So substance has to be able to adapt. So this tells us that substance can adapt to whatever form I need in my experience. Number three. Consideration of substance that recognizes its sufficiency in every case. In other words, it can meet every demand. Now, one of the things that H.M. Katie teaches in Lessons and Truth is that supply always equals the demand. And many times the reason why we don't have supply is we've never made a demand in consciousness. And a demand is your faith, your expectation, your belief in the omnipresent substance to show up as supply. If you have an apple tree in your backyard, you expect it to grow apples with seeds in them to duplicate apple trees, which will produce more apples. That's just the way the process works. I mean, it's really kind of that simple. That's the process. Number four, consideration of substance that recognizes unrestricted agencies of distribution. That means that it might not come in the way I think it should come. But if I realize that God has many means of supplying me, then I don't worry about the channel. I have to keep my mind on the source. Because you might get caught up in what's in your bank account instead of what is in the bank of heaven. And I'm using that metaphorically, obviously. But get my point. Your mind writes checks to the bank of heaven. In other words, to the bank of I'm not present spiritual substance. The check you write in your mind is your faith, your understanding, and your desire. 
The fate, the check you write in your mind is your mental equivalent, equivalent, your clarity of thought and your conviction of feeling. Really get that to land that substance has unlimited agencies of distribution. Make sure you're open and receptive to the ideas and opportunities as they present themselves for you to make money. So let's be mindful of that. So we're coming up to our last break. Again, I want to give you the opportunity to ask questions. You can call in at 888-558-6489-888-558-6489 to ask me a question or make a comment. We'll be right back with Truth Transforms. Chris Michaels, host of Healing Your Life on Unity Online Radio, is an author, life coach, national speaker, and the founder and spiritual director of the Center for Spiritual Living in Kansas City, Missouri. Through his writing, coaching, and speaking, Chris has helped thousands of people understand the basic spiritual principles that govern our lives. In his book, Your Soul's Assignment, he reminds us that we each have something to do here on Earth, a unique purpose to our lives. If you're interested in discerning what is yours to do, are looking for practical spiritual principles to inspire your life, or coaching to provide you with the tools to live more fully, visit Chris's website at www.chrismichaels.net. That's www.chrismichaels.net. Reverend Paulette's mantra is, it's all a prayer. Tune in every Tuesday as Unity Minister Paulette Pipe leads you in meditation and prayer on touching the stillness. Make no mistake, this is not nap time. With an energy that will captivate you, touching the stillness will guide you in deep meditation, leaving you enlivened. Hear astounding meditations and learn more about different forms of meditation. Enrich your prayer life as Reverend Paulette, Senior Minister of Touching the Stillness Ministries, affirmatively prays with power and authority by taking live prayer requests from callers like you. Whether you have a prayer request for yourself or for a loved one or are ready for a deepened meditation experience, make sure you tune in on Tuesdays at 11 a.m. Central Time, where we'll be joining in consciousness with the unceasing prayer activity of the Silent Unity 24-7 Prayer Ministry at Unity Village. That's Touching the Stillness with Reverend Paulette Pipe every Tuesday right here on Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Letting go in the stillness. You've been listening to Truth Transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell. If you have questions or comments about today's program, or if you'd like to join in on the discussion, email us at truthtransforms at unity.fm. Now back to Truth Transforms. 
Welcome back to True Transforms. We're working with the book, What Are You? And in the book, she gives examples of scriptures that you can read on your own. I'm not going to get into the scriptures because I think it would just take too much time. But the one about the profit and supply is found in 1 Kings chapter 17, verses 8 through 16. 1 Kings chapter 17, verses 8 through 16. But she does give a couple of points that I do want to point out in this uh, part of the chapter. When she says, um, a spiritual prophet is one who delivers a divine message. A practical prophet is one who uses the power of mind to shape a specific result. And I think that was really key because I don't think she was comparing them saying one is better than the other. And and obviously it's a play on words. But the point I think she's trying to come get across is as new thought metaphysicians, we have to be mindful that we are using the power of the mind to shape specific results. We don't have to know the how, but we need to know the what. That's key. All right. We need to know the what. One of the things that she also mentions on page 130, talking about the widow and um, and the story about her, you know, preparing to die uh, from starvation. She writes, the widow was ignorant in regards to the law that regulates supply. The prophet knew the law. All right. So it's important to, to understand when he asked the woman, okay, before you, you make something for you and your son to eat before you starve to death, give me some of that as well. Because sometimes when we feel as though we don't have anything to share, that's really where the problem lies. You can always give of something, no matter what state you're in. It drives the soul up when you don't think. And I'm using that metaphorically, of course. When people think that they have nothing to give, share, or contribute there's always something to give. She goes on to say, not essentially your possessions, but essentially your spirit towards your possessions make you rich or poor. In this case, spirit doesn't mean the truth of God in you. She's talking about more or less your attitude. Your attitude towards your possessions make you rich or poor. She states, when you give, let the gift be made in conjunction with the fact that substance cannot be diminished in volume. So as you give, you're not reducing what you have when you help another. That's key. So you give out of abundance to someone's abundance. Now, that's a mental shift. Reverend Coleman used to tell us that, you know, not to give to someone's poverty. It's important that as we help other people that we don't think of them as deprived. We still have to think of them as children of God, ever in the presence of God irrespective of their experience. We have to be clear in our minds as practitioners of truth that even when we see something that we consider decrepit, we can give a human hand while we're seeing the divine reality. Am I saying that's always easy? No, I'm not. But I'm saying it's necessary to keep your consciousness clean. Because the person that's thinking those thoughts of poverty about another person is you or me. And those thoughts have to work out in our own minds. And if they're working out in our own minds, that means they have to work out in our own lives. And we can't afford the luxury of that. All right. She states, if you feel that you cannot share, you are poor in mind. 
you know, sort of like the parable of the talents in Matthew chapter 25, verses 14 through 30, when a man had one, you know, several talents, one was given five, one was given two, one was given one, and the master went away, and the one who had five, you know, uh, who was able to work and create 10, the one who had two produced four, the one who had one buried his talent. And he was the one that had his one talent taken away from him. Now, this is key. Don't be sh- don't be scared to go work your truth. You always have something to give. Don't sit on your talent. All right. She goes on to state on page 131, the widow learned that Sharing precedes replenishment. She shared. She treated her supply as constant. Her supply became constant. All right. So what are the two steps that we learn from this uh, story is, or are, excuse me, keep the supply in circulation, send out. In other words, there's always something to give. There's always something to give. Don't squeeze that dollar to the point to where you have, you know, all you have is that dollar and nothing else. No life, no, no, and if all you have is fear and anxiety and frustration. You know, um, I was reading a story in the book yesterday about a woman who, uh, who started her own company and she was down to her last $450 and her lawyer basically told her to, you know, you know, it's been a good run, but we're out of options. And, she decided after prayer to basically bet the farm on 10 radio commercials. I have $450 left. I can, with that money, I can buy 10 commercials. And one of the commercials, uh, a famous singer, I believe it was Pat Boone, heard about her product, which was a health product. And ordered it, it helped her daughter. He contacted the woman about the product to say, you know, how it helped his daughter. And he asked, what can I do? And she said, well, could you cut an ad for me for the radio, which he did. And from that ad, she got a boost because he called into the radio station even and said, this show helped me. This product that this woman is selling is helping me. And from that ad and that call-in show, she was able to turn her company around and turn it into a multi-million dollar company. But she was down to her last $450 with her legal advice telling her, shut it down. Shut it down. And instead of trying to hold on to that last $450, she used it. She sent it out as a seed. And it came back to her literally more than a million fold. What's the key to that story? Obedience. She didn't know what to do, but she prayed. That's another story. That's another principle. She got herself together through prayer. Then she did what she was told to do in prayer. And this wasn't a metaphysician and all this other stuff. This was just a person who, a lady who was doing a good work. See, sometimes, you know, we can't get caught up in thinking that God works through particular religions or any religion. Law is, substance is. 
divine law works if you work it. Doesn't care about you being white or black or Asian or Hispanic. Doesn't care about male or female or age. Doesn't care about, um, you know, if you went to school on this side of the track or the wrong side of the track, as the world would say, or no track at all. It works if you work it. Because if the consciousness is sufficient, again, the substance will meet the demand. Period. All right. So she said the second point was treat the inner elemental substance and the outer form of substance as supply as continuous in nature. Expect replenishment. So because she acted a certain way and she expected more to come based upon what the prophet said, guess what? It kept coming. Our life situations don't have to starve when we're one with I'm not present substance. That's what I'm saying. All right. So, you know, obviously it's a lot of points in this book and I've only scratched the surface of this chapter because it's a lot more stuff to, to get. But what I want to leave you with is the affirmations on page 141, which I think are important. I'm going to request that you, whenever you hear this, just work with these affirmations for, you know, one month. This one in particular, if you're working with a prosperity issue, because it'll help shape your thinking, you know, write them out on a three by five card. And when I say write them out, I know you could type them on your phone or whatever. I want you literally to write them out. The process of writing helps. Sometimes writing them out every day, you might get a notepad and just write them out every day and then affirm it. Write them out every day and then affirm it. What are you doing? You are making it multi-sensory. You are impressing your subconscious mind. On page 141, she gives five statements. Substance is the presence of God. It does not fail. Two, substance is adaptable to all my demands. The form that is necessary to my well-being appears. Three, the stream of substance flows through my hands. Four, I keep my hand on the stream of substance and break according to my need. Five, substance is everywhere. It comes to me from expected and from unexpected sources. Again, as you work with this material, you'll be able to get a better grasp of the principles. And as you get a better grasp, you can demonstrate the principles of truth at a higher level. Now, next week is the last chapter of this book, non-resistance, non-resistance. So make sure that you read the chapter ahead of time so you can work with it. Next week, I will give you all the book I will be working with for November and part of December before we go on the Christmas and New Year break. So let's make sure that um, you are listening. So when we walk into the new series, you'll be ready to rumble. With that, we are done with Truth Transforms for today. God bless you. Love you all out there. I know who you are in spirit, and I acknowledge and praise it. To God be the glory. I'll be with you next week with Truth Transforms. Thank you for tuning in to Truth Transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell. 
Join us every Wednesday at 10 a.m. for live discussions about how to live a spiritually transformed, prosperous, healthy, and joyful life. Truth Transforms, only on Unity Online Radio. This program is brought to you in part by Christ Universal Temple in Chicago, Illinois. Online at www.cutemple.org and on Facebook and Twitter under CU Temple. Are you ready for deeper spiritual breakthroughs? Have you wondered how to apply spiritual principles to your everyday life in practical ways? Do you feel your soul is calling you to deeper purposes? Join Reverend Galen McDowell live every Wednesday at 10 a.m. Central for Truth Transforms, a discussion on how God within you, as you, is the power to transform your life. If you really believe that consciousness determines your experiences and that you are an individualized expression of God, join us as we help awaken and transform the consciousness of humanity. We will discuss, through lecture, live interviews and call-in questions, spiritual healing, prayer, prosperity, forgiveness, new thought views about eternal life, and much more. The world is waiting for your truth transformation, only on Unity Online Radio. In quiet moments of prayer, let go of any concern. Anchor your trust deep in the realization that with God all things are possible. Never doubt it for a single moment. This meditative moment is brought to you by Unity. Culture is defined by the Oxford Dictionary as modern popular culture transmitted via mass media and aimed particularly at younger people. But can it be meaningful, spiritual even? The hosts of Pop Conscious think it can be and that it can be fun to explore too. Malena Don and Stacy Macris Ross will be your amateur cultural anthropologists examining pop culture and spirituality every Monday at 2 p.m. Central on Pop Conscious on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. I'm Victoria Moran. Since we launched the Main Street Vegan podcast back in 2012, lots more people have discovered the way that moving in a vegan direction can infuse our lives with vitality, spirituality, and compassion. My guests are experts on every aspect of making this work in your real life and our real world. Join us for Main Street Vegan here on mindbodyspirit.fm. 